This is a Charles Russell Speechlease podcast. Hello, and welcome to this edition of our Property Patter podcast series. As we follow the government's roadmap out of lockdown, it's tempting to see us all going back to business as usual. But what impact has COVID-19 had on commercial lease negotiations and the priorities for both landlords and tenants? And crucially, will we see those effects last? I'm James Green, a member of the real estate team here at Charles Russell Speechlease. And today I'm joined by my colleagues Ingrid Safin and Mark White to discuss. Welcome both and thank you for joining me today. So I thought we'd kick off with thinking about a fundamental term of a commercial lease, which is, of course, the rent, and give some thought to how rent models are likely to shift in response to the pandemic. Ingrid, could you please start us off on that? Sure. So um, I'd start off by saying that um, rent models are changing, but um, most of certainly what I've been dealing with during the pandemic has been adjusting rents of leases that are already in existence um, rather than granting new leases. And as you can imagine, there aren't a, a great number of new leases being granted in the market at the moment unless they've been triggered by CVAs or, or other things happening in the market so uh, talking about the um, changes to rent models, traditionally, the majority of rents uh, in the commercial property market have been standard base rents or standard annual rents. Some shorter term arrangements tend to have all inclusive rents. And in some sectors, turnover rents have been out there. In some sectors, indexed rents, so rents that increase in line with RPI or more recently CPI, have been used. And often this is where um, properties are difficult to value. So a different measure has been used for them. What I'm seeing in the market at the moment is that uh, a lot of rents for trading premises, this is retail F&B premises where uh, customers of the business go to the premises, have been converting to turnover rents or converting from a standard annual rent to a base rent plus a turnover rent. And often there are provisions going in um, relating to the, the pandemic so that uh, if there are rent-free periods, for example, that would happen at a certain time, um, the timing of them is delayed or extended in relation to periods that the premises can't be used um, because of lockdown or, or limitations on trading. That's really interesting. So as, as you say, these these aren't entirely new new models. They, they have been been around for some time, but it, it's interesting to see how they're being adapted to the circumstances of the, the pandemic. And something like you were saying about the rent free um, or sort of rent cessor. Obviously, that's always been a, a feature around insurance provisions in leases, um, and obviously has now been been adapted to meet circumstances where certain premises can't open because of government restrictions. And because uh, land, landlords um, have been forced to the table in, in many ways because of the restrictions on their ability to, to um, use remedies that would normally be available to them to make the tenants pay the rent or to terminate the lease if the, the tenant doesn't pay. Some landlords, as I say, they, they they sort of feel their their backs to the wall and they have to come to the table. Others are really taking a medium or long term view. And um, obviously, 
the relationship of landlord and tenant is symbiotic and it has to work for either of them. And therefore, uh, those who are taking a longer term view um, are looking at the health of the tenants, uh, the financial health of the tenants and the tenants' businesses who, who are occupying their space and trying to work with them to find ways that painful on both sides, obviously, but acceptable to get through this period so that hopefully the, the tenant comes out the other side and indeed the landlords, landlords are under immense pressure at the moment, come out the other side with still with the business um, and with something to grow on. Yes, and I think that's a real real difference. Um, if we think back to the start of the outbreak of the, the pandemic, that the primary concern, of course, at, at that point was around immediate immediate rent payments and indeed the, the March quarter date. And, and it's interesting now that the market, you're seeing those long-term considerations coming coming to the fore. And I, I recall an article in the, the Times about the Duke of Westminster's estate in London, where they were looking at direct investment in some of their, their tenants um, to support them, particularly where they think that business is going to be be viable uh, in the longer term and i suppose part of part of that in terms of the the rent model for those tenants will be around some sort of of profit rent is is that an idea that you think it would be fair to say is still at its its early stages i think that is an extremely brave move and it it's really innovative for a landlord to be thinking along those lines the risk profile of the tenant's business is going to be totally different to the risk profile of uh, a landlord's usual business. Some landlords will find themselves more able to be innovative because um, the, the nature of their businesses is such that they may or may not have shareholders they have to answer to, um, you know, pensioners they have to answer to. Or indeed, uh, there are a lot, of course, now of landlords um, who are councils and their their outlook, again, will be quite different. They will be wanting to make sure that they uh, keep their neighbourhood in, in good shape. They will have um, social conscious and they'll be looking for the social value in the shopping centres that they own. So there are lots of different perspectives, but I have to say that the Grosvenor perspective is, is probably the bravest that I've seen. Absolutely. And just turning then to to rent review during the lifetime of the lease. Mark, how would you say that the models around rent review have, have changed and indeed the, the conduct of, of rent reviews during the pandemic? In terms of taking on a rent review during the pandemic, I think that's been a, a difficult thing for landlords to, to do. And in terms of a, your normal open market review, what you're looking at is your comparables. So what can I get for this space in the open market? And that's something that there really isn't enough data to support right now in the market. You know, what, what is a, a good open market value? So I think that the short answer in terms of, of rent reviews at the moment is uh, unless you're quite brave or you think you've got really good data or you're in potentially a, a sector like logistics, you're probably not doing it whilst you wait and see kind of what the what the market looks like in, in a few months' time. In terms of things that we might see or kind of uh, are getting chatter, uh, certainly kind of in, in, in the press and the market and, and might turn in something longer term, one of the things that's quite interesting is the concept of uh, where you've got an open market rent review um, or even an RPI rent review, the concept that it has to be upwards only. 
that is something that, that landlords obviously like, banks like as well. There's no law that, that a rent review has to be up its only, and certainly in, in the retail and the hospitality sectors, I think that's being challenged. Yeah, that, that kind of received wisdom has been challenged a bit. Maybe mm. maybe upwards, downwards, um, so that you're actually reflecting the, the actual open market value. Now, that's something that people will need to get investors on board with and banks on board with, because much like with the turnover rents, one of the key questions is how do you value a property as a landlord? But that's certainly something that I think is is going to be tested over the next uh, next few months and potentially years in particularly in those sectors that have been hardest hit. You know, is upwards downwards a sensible thing to to look at? Is that something that we can we can value appropriately? And then in terms of kind of the your RPI rent reviews um, that Ingrid kind of briefly briefly mentioned, that's something you might see looked at a bit more closely as well. Um, so taking it moving away from the, the open market model and, and seeing more people shift onto an RPI model where you can at least forecast slightly more accurately what your exposure is going to be over the years. So that, that's that's something that we're kind of hearing a lot more talk about and, and seeing some people offer to shift onto RPI models to, to, to potentially get concessions right now, for example. Um, so you may see that, that kind of trend accelerate as well. Absolutely. And as you say, it really depends, doesn't it, on the, the sort of sector that the, the tenant is, is operating in as to, to how those, those rent review models should, should be adjusted. If I can just um, chip in there, something that I've been seeing some tenants, landlords and tenants agree to is um, reducing the rent for a period of time and then, uh, well, effectively changing it to a step rent for a period of time so that it initially is reduced and then towards the back end of the, the period of time that it's been reduced, it goes up to an amount which kind of recoups um, for the landlord some of the lost revenue at the beginning of the term. That's an interesting way, I think, of, of trying to preserve the tenant's cash flow um, whilst still uh, maintaining some value for the landlord. Yeah, that is interesting. One, one of the things that, um, that I think is also a product, I guess, of where we are now with technology, um, but it's relevant to rent review, it's, it's also relevant to the to turnover rents that Ingrid was talking about and um, and how you kind of calculate any base rents and, and how much turnover rent should be is the availability of, of good quality data, particularly in shopping centres, again, to come speak about the retail sector. That's something that I think landlords are getting turned on to a lot more now is the how much data they can collect on um, on who's using premises, who's using store um, source, like what, what effects footfall has in driving visitors to specific shops and therefore how much they can value properties at. So I think that's helping that's helping landlords get more comfortable that being a little bit more innovative in terms of their um, the rent models they put in the leases and then how they review those rents. Um, and, and what the um, what the basis of the review of the rent might be. Just thinking a bit more creatively about how they might set those base levels and, and review levels because they can get good quality data that shows them how much those premises are genuinely worth. Because it's good quality data, they can share it with tenants, and the tenants can see it as well, and that creates a bit of transparency. And so I mentioned symbiotic relationship between landlord and tenant earlier, which is absolutely right. Creating that level of transparency helps build trust and it more of a partnership model, which taken to the ultimate it is what Grosvenor were talking about, um, you know, looking at, uh, which is a genuine partnership with their tenants. 
it's certainly interesting to see some of those those long-held models that have always always dominated the commercial lease market being being departed from. Another area that comes into play, of course, is around uh, breaks um, and the stance that both landlords and tenants um, are likely to take on those. Uh, again, in response to the the circumstances of the pandemic. What's been your experience of of those, either in terms of of new negotiations or particularly tenants, I suppose, seeking to to introduce new breaks into into their existing leases? Certainly from my perspective, and um, I'll I'll be interested to hear what what Ingrid's saying, but um, it's something that uh, tenants are definitely focusing on a lot more already. um, There are a huge number of leasing transactions happening at the moment, as you'd expect, but you're bold to sign up for a a fixed 10-year term without any any ability to get out at the moment. So I think people are focusing pretty hard on what rights do we have to, to break. I also think that some landlords, are, and again, particularly if they're looking at retail or hospitality tenants, um, some landlords are looking closely at, do we want to introduce more frequent breaks into, into leases that are mutual? So if a tenant really isn't performing, we're not left in a situation where we've got someone on the track to potentially difficulty that we're going to struggle to to, to get out where we can get a better tenant in um, or a tenant that more closely fits our our property um, in. So both sides are looking at it, I think, a little bit more closely. Uh, one of the things that's quite interesting is uh, is how much is a, is a tenant willing to pay for the flexibility, whether that be in a slightly increased rent or if it's in some form of penalty payment if they exercise the break. Um, to, to kind of induce the landlord to give them that flexibility. But I'm, I'm certainly seeing that conversation happen uh, or we've thought about it a lot more because at the business level, I think tenants are feeling a little bit more nervous than they would have done three, four years ago about committing to longer terms. Ingrid, does that tally with what you're seeing as well? Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, it, it's it, it's worth saying um, that the average length of a, of a term of lease has come down and continues to come down and probably five to seven years is, is about average at the moment. Um, a lot of uh, new arrangements that are happening at the moment are, are, are very short term. I personally haven't had many clients come to me asking to exercise breaks, but I have had a lot coming to me having done deals with landlords. And my, my work tends to be uh, more tenant work than, than landlord work. Coming to me having done deals with landlords. And of course, the, the break is going to have been part of that negotiation because it, obviously if the tenant isn't able to come to a, an appropriate deal with the landlord, then um, that they... they have to think very hard about um, about whether to exercise their their break clause. But one word of caution for tenants uh, rather than landlords, I guess, um, is that where deals are being done between landlords and tenants, because of the various pressures that are on both sides at the moment, um, a number of them are being done without uh, the involvement of lawyers and without full consideration of the impact of what they might be doing on their break mm. on their break rights and without putting in place the right documentation that means that they haven't um, breached preconditions to be able to exercise a break. So I, I would caution um, any tenants who are who are doing these sorts of negotiations to be sure that they've thought about that and to make sure they haven't scuppered their chances um, to break in the future. 
very sensible. And of course, we would we would certainly advise well both parties, landlords and tenants, to come and seek proper legal advice before exercising those breaks in their leases. I'm sure there will be some interesting developments over the months ahead, and there's clearly um, a lot for both landlords and tenants to to think about. And the market is anything but stable, as with the situation around the pandemic. So. Uh, It's always constantly evolving. But thank you very much for uh, joining me today to talk through these issues. And thank you very much to our listeners um, who've joined us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the CRS podcast channel um, on your favourite podcast provider. Um, And to keep track on all those latest developments in the sector, please do check out the insights section of our website, um, where there are regular contributions from our team here at Charles Russell Speechless. Thank you very much for listening. This is a Charles Russell Speechless podcast.